You don't have to have millions of dollars to benefit from the advice of a financial advisor. My husband and I not only have to make decisions about our own financial planning needs, but we also have to field questions from our kids who are now on their own. That's why I was excited to hear about the on-demand financial planning for absolutely everyone from Fearless Finance. Their business is built on making financial advice accessible and affordable. They make things easy to understand and keep the stress out of making investment choices. With Fearless Finance, you meet your planner virtually who will advise you on your financial journey. Are you paying back student loans, saving for your first house? Maybe you just want to make sure your finances are okay. You can ask all your questions and get answers, no judgment. You'll be charged an hourly rate, no long-term commitment, no minimum required. Visit fearlessfinance.com today. You can chat with a planner for free to make sure it's a good fit, and you'll get $50 off your first planning meeting when you use the code CLEAN. Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana K. White. I blog over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out ways to keep my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people, people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 280. And I think I'm going to call it dealing with legitimately challenging decluttering challenges. Um, I think you're going to love this session that we do today. Miriam shares, uh, we, we talked through several different things, but she's got unique challenges that I personally don't have in my house because they're just different lifestyles, different everything. But the reason I find this so helpful is that we all have our own unique challenges. You guys know I get emails from people all the time. And the reality is that sometimes these unique challenges can make it so much harder to get started. And yet the same principles, because they are boiled down so like to the absolute basics, the same decluttering strategies, the steps apply to all decluttering issues, no matter how legitimate they are, how how legitimately challenging they are. Okay. Anyway, I think you're going to love it. Um, we just had a great conversation, but, um, but yeah, I think you'll enjoy hearing that and maybe kind of hearing a completely different situation addressed may help you in your own unique situation. Okay. Uh, just as a reminder, if you would like to be a patron of the show, which means that you get to join the super secret Facebook group and you get to um, also be a patron of the show. And you also get to apply to do one of these sessions. Just go to patreon.com slash a slob comes clean. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash a slob comes clean and find out more about that. Okay, here we go. Thanks for joining me today, Miriam. Is that correct? That is. Okay. (laughs) I'm so glad that you're willing to come on and share your stuff with the entire world. Now that you said the whole world, I'm getting a little nervous, but (laughs) it's all our people. That's it. So, okay. Tell me a little bit about yourself, your unique life situation that you're in at this moment. Well, 2020 is unique. Um, everyone it's crazy. 
I am a mom to four boys from ages five to 14 um, and a husband who we are all in a home, obviously, you know, obviously, I guess, where we were Zooming for quite some time and my children are now in school and hopefully will stay that way. Um, My oldest is Zooming once a week and hopefully not more than that just because of his school. And we're just trying to stay in school as long as possible. And we'll see how it goes. To me, that one day is this, another day is that, is just, it's hard to manage. That's a lot of mental stress on you. It the is. in and the out and the figuring out what's today, what's tomorrow. It is. And I actually teach in uh, their school, actually. And my eighth graders are now all quarantined because they had one case. So, oh, you know, they take out the whole grade or they take out, you know, whatever the pod is. And so there's always that, oh, I hope no one gets sick. And if they do, then I have, you know, there's, there is a lot of mental space that is being taken up by Corona and trying to manage all that. I feel like I have never counted down two weeks so much in my entire life. Like I'm constantly like, okay, this was that. I think everybody was okay, but there could have been a potential, you know, whatever. And I'm like, okay, has it, it's been two weeks since whatever, since I I just feel like I'm constantly counting down two weeks. (laughs) Yeah. My son was in quarantine for two weeks and nothing is sadder than everyone able to go outside and, and like, we we are very, very careful and we stay six feet away and we wear masks, but he couldn't even leave the house. He couldn't go to like Target or Walgreens. He couldn't go anywhere. And it was very difficult, literally seeing your child looking out the window while you're standing in the front yard, talking to people, you know, obviously the mask and distance, but. Right. I mean, when I think back on my own childhood, there was nothing like that. Like I never went through something like that. So it's a stress that is hard for me to even, okay, we'll stop talking about that. But (laughs) Um, okay. So let's talk about strategies that have been successful for you in your home. What's the number one biggest strategy that's impacted your home positively? So the biggest, biggest strategy and the most important and the one that actually led me to you was laundry day. And it was, for me, it was very difficult to do it all in one day because there's a lot of laundry with four boys and a husband. And sometimes you find clean laundry under the dirty laundry, clean folded laundry under the dirty laundry, which yes. mommy go crazy. That's like the one thing that, you know, sure fire way to get mommy crazy mm-hmm. um, is to find the folded laundry under the dirty laundry. Cause then that has to be washed again. Cause it's under stinky boy clothes and doing it all in one day while it's kind of a definite huge mind shift it has significantly impacted on us because there's no more, or hopefully no more piles waiting to be folded, no more clean clothes folded in the laundry baskets waiting to be put away. So that was a huge shift in the way we do things. Yeah. You said that's what led you to me. Was it from searching for that or you just happened to see it or? I think I went, I like podcasts because Mm -hmm. I can, you know, it, it entertains me or I listen to books on, on headphones while I'm folding or trying, you know, cleaning up because if I, my attention is diverted a little bit, it's not as boring and, right. you know, tedious. So I found you on podcasts and I generally haven't found a lot of them that are entertaining for more than one or two episodes, but I've heard 
like literally hundreds of hours of your voice through my <laughs> AirPods, like literally. That's my children's worst nightmare. <laughs> they they're like, why would anybody want to hear you talk for that long, mom? Anyway, okay. So, um, so laundry day, did you resist it in the beginning? Did you resist the idea of spending a day doing that? Definitely resistant because as I said, we do have a lot of laundry and I have a huge washing machine and dryer. So even it's very hard for me. I can't fold as it's coming out because there's so much that it you know, I have a table right next to it instead, but I was very resistant. I was like, well, it makes much more sense that, you know, load a day. But the problem is I never did it and I never finished it. So it doesn't matter if it makes more sense if I can't actually, you know, finish the process. So if I say, okay, Monday is laundry day and sometimes Tuesday, but you know, and I, especially with sheets and towels and all that stuff, if then I, as you say, then I don't have to think about it for, for the next six days. So that really, that mental space that is not being used by laundry and saying, oh, do we have a, you know, a good shirt or do we have the the school clothes or do we have, you know, enough socks or undies or whatever it is. If I don't have to use that mental capacity for, for that laundry stuff, I can use it for other stuff I have to think about. Exactly. Exactly. That's great. Um, Okay. So tell me another strategy, one other strategy that has really impacted your home positively. So I think one that I've really recently started using more is finding those like five minutes and not necessarily for five minute cleanup, even though that we really need to work on that more, but using that, oh, while something is in the toaster, I'm going to use those two minutes to, you know, clean this up or empty out that drawer or throw a couple things on the counter away. And when I find those two minutes, listen, even brushing my teeth while I'm brushing my teeth, neatening up the bathroom vanity, those are valuable two minutes. And it doesn't seem as arduous a task because I'm already standing there. I'm already doing something and it's like multitasking. So I don't feel like I have to take an additional like five minutes to do this. If I just take those, you know, two minutes of brushing teeth to neaten things up while I'm doing it. So value in small amounts of neatening, as opposed to, I need to wait until I have time to really tackle a big space. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That'll take you far, right? (laughs) I'm hoping it will. It will clean. Okay. So tell me the first question or situation that you would like to discuss today. So one of the things that I've been really struggling with is, as I said, I have four boys and a husband who have major, major clutter blindness. It was two days ago, literally. Um, I said to my, no, maybe yesterday I said to my son, can you pick up the paper? And, and he's looking everywhere. I'm like, it's literally under your foot. It's literally under your foot. Pick up the paper that's under your foot. And, or I'll say, pick up the pillow. And they're literally standing on it. And I, it's very hard for me to, to, you know, understand it. So I'm trying to, I guess, how do I get all of my family members on board when A, they have major client, uh, clutter blindness themselves. And we also have the added aspect of that's not my stuff. And that's not my stuff. I didn't leave that, that pile of tissues there. And and I said, I know, but we're a family and we kind of have to work to get, no, but that's not my stuff. And so there's that, A, they have clutter blindness and B, they don't want to clean up other people's messes, rightly so, but it seems I struggle with trying to figure out how to get everyone to pitch in, even if it's not their own stuff. Right. 
Okay. So um, you mentioned briefly earlier that the five-minute pickup y'all are still working on. What At what level are you working on that? Um, every level. Um. <laughs> okay. So how about I say it this way? How often have you done it? Not often enough. Okay. And partly is my five-year-old is the mostly the one who plays with the toys. And my um, nine-year-old, he does a little bit also, but my five-year-old is the one who like plays with the, the toys and leaves it. And then it'll be my 14-year-old. He's like, but I wasn't even in that room. Why should I right. clean up his toys? So, so the five-minute pickup is a group effort. Um, and therefore, we are working on the living room or, you know, I will tell my kids, hey, guys, I need dining room, living room, and game room because those are our main spaces where everybody uses that. Yes, there's stuff in there that doesn't belong to, or that's one person's fault, um, but we're going to use this space. And also, it's okay to assign things for that five minutes. You know, like we're all going to work on this space you, five-year-old, although you probably use his name, but still, <laughs> but you, five-year-old, um, your job in this five minutes is to pick up these toys. If you're not done in five minutes, you know, we're racing the clock, which boys tend to really respond to racing the clock. Um, anything race or competitive or whatever so, tends to appeal to boys. So, you know, this, this is your job for the five minutes. If you're not done at the end of five minutes, you're still going to have to finish that. But that's your job for the five minutes, okay? And then um, I need you to be in charge of dishes leaving this area and going to, you know, whatever. And and maybe that's something you do at first. Like if it's, I mean, experiment with it so that they get to the point where they do understand mom really does mean five minutes. Okay. Which, you know, obviously if, if there's, when I say that about the five-year-old, I say like, if there's a resistance there, if there's a, whatever, if there's a dilly dallying issue for, you know, a certain person, you know, that might have to be an extra thing for them, you know, but we are all going to work for five minutes. And it may be that you get to the point where the older one finishes and then can help the younger one or whatever, because we're all going to work for five minutes on these specific spaces until it gets to the point where now I can just say, Hey guys, I need a five minute pickup. And I can even be leaving to go somewhere and say, I need you guys to do a five minute pickup. And they basically know what that means. It's still not always perfect, but it is so much better when I get home after they've done five minutes. Does that make any sense? It totally does. And something you said recently where you said, your job during the, or my job during the five minutes is to say, okay, you pick up that and you pick up that and you pick up that. And I think that's what they really need. Our other thing is my kids tend to spread out. So you'll have a room that is messy from one kid. Like, so do you ever have it where you say, okay, you do five minutes in the living room, you do five minutes in the playroom, you do five minutes in the area that you specifically made a mess in? Yes. I mean, a sign as needed. Right. Because the other thing too is the more often you do a five minute pickup, the less buildup there is and the more specific the messes are. You know what I mean? Like, too, this is so and so's today's issues that he's been dealing with and, you know, or, or things that he's been w- using in this room today. But for me, at least, and I don't know what your situation is, but for me, because I wasn't doing a consistent pickup, in the beginning, the five minutes was just 
kind of peeling back five minutes worth of stuff, you know, and that's where that being done at five minutes is important so that they trust that, you know, peel back five minutes worth of stuff. The next day I peel back another five minutes worth of stuff. The next day I peel back another five minutes worth of stuff. And that ultimately is a way to declutter even, you know, I mean, if you're using these questions and it's also an opportunity when they pretend like they have no idea where the scissors go, it's an opportunity for you to practice these decluttering questions of, okay, well, where would you look for the scissors first if you needed them? And they generally do know where they would go, but using those questions to help them know where to put things and kind of training them to figure that kind of stuff out. Right. In our house recently, um, like, I don't want to act like an archaeologist. I don't want to have to like, you know, and that's kind of what you're saying. It's like a five minute layers of, of stuff. And I find that my kids work very well if everything was perfectly clean and then they, you know, have, I think we all work better this way. And then we have just five minutes. We know what to, to put away, but I posted on the Kindred Spirits um, mm-hmm. Facebook group. I had this guest room. We have a guest room that has not been used in eight months. And we used to have my in-laws come and sleep over at least once a month. But since, has it even been more than eight months? I don't know. COVID, obviously they have not even come in our house. So that guest room has become like the Zoom school room, has become the watching video room, has become the, you know, junk room or the groceries putting stuff in that doesn't fit in the cabinet room. And, and I was like, I would love to have help with this, but I think if I just take some time and just do it, it'll be easier. I mean, it's... Well, and it's, it's just like habits help decluttering and encourage decluttering. Decluttering helps habits and encourages habit. You know, so if the five minute pickup, you know, if your focus is on how do I get my family members involved? How do I get my family members to cure their clutter blindness? That five minute pickup is going to help with that. And every time you do that, you're going to be a little less overwhelmed in your home. And you're going to start to see, oh, if I would declutter this space, either by myself or with the person who is, you know, most invested in that space as well. You know, like I'm going to work on this space and every time I'm, I spend some of my decluttering energy on that using the five-step process. So I never end up with a bigger mess. Okay. And I'm only making progress as I do that. It's going to make the five minute pickups have that much more impact. You see what I'm saying? Like that is going to work together. So decluttering is definitely my biggest challenge. Um, throw, you know, getting rid of things is is really hard. And you know, I could it's totally still usable. I could do something with it, or I could find room, and if I stuff it in the drawer, it will find space. But then there's no other room to put the other stuff in the drawers, and that's kind of where the issue lies. Right. And so it's that it's that five-step process. It's that go ahead and get rid of the trash because it's going to be better off. Go ahead and put the easy stuff, you know, take the easy stuff to its home. Don't let it be procrastinate clutter. Don't let it just sit there because it's not worthy of your decluttering energy. Um, you know, work through, get rid of the stuff that you don't have any questions about, you know, the duh stuff, work through those two decluttering questions of, you know, where would I look for this first? Um, because those are not the, is it useful? Is it because everything could be useful, right? I mean, for those of us who think that way. We're like, well, yeah, I could use that someday, (laughs) you know, but going ahead and doing that, getting rid of stuff and then embracing the container concept. Cause like you just said, you could stuff it in there, but then that means you can't actually use that space. And so 
you know, the container concept of there's a limit to this. And part of that limit has to include usability. Like I have to be able to reach in and get to it without taking everything out and then having to put it back. Yes, that is really what we need to work on. You know, even, you know, the, the TV shows where they open the closet and all the stuff comes tumbling down. It's, yes. Yep. Um, I'm well aware of that uh, it, with drawers, especially in our house, you know, you open the drawer and then you kind of have to like use a crowbar to get stuff in and out. So rearrange yeah. every time. Yeah. 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 Oh, and so just push, push it. <laughs> all that decluttering is going to, is going to help. And, and there's, there's most likely plenty that you can go ahead and declutter without worrying about the boys. Right. I mean, there's, there's probably a lot that's your jurisdiction in this home. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And, and it's funny, you know, I go back to one of the earliest podcasts when you talked about these light up like sticks that you needed for a child's, um, I don't know, school project. And you knew that you had another kid going into that grade, but is it worth this space in your home for those $2 or whatever it was. And I was like, of course it's worth that. And of course just put it away and you won't have to buy new ones. And now I'm like, you know, after hearing it again and again and trying to like really bring that, that mentality into my life. No, as you're talking, I really don't need all these things. And if I had to one day get this again, maybe I could, you know, cause honestly, you know, where does this go? Where does this live? I have no idea half of these things. I don't need, I don't know why we have an Abraham Lincoln pencil sharpener that doesn't really sharpen so well. I, <laughs> Cause like, it's cute. Like this is yesterday. Like, and my son it's my son's, but he's like, it doesn't really work. Like, so do we want to keep it? It's cute. Like when we went away and you know, there's that struggle with, we don't really need it, but you know, it's yeah. the struggle. It is. It is. And the other thing too is, you know, the, the $2 value, which I think it was technically $1 value of those. Cause I know what you're talking about. The, the glow in the dark bracelets. Um, but that value can really consume me, but I ch- have changed where I place my value by decluttering, going ahead and getting rid of stuff. Even if I'm paralyzed by glow in the dark bracelets, moving on to the next thing and getting rid of easy stuff. By having more space, by my house being easier to manage, being easier to find things and use things, get to things, all of that has changed how I view where the value is. Now I'm like, oh, I place a lot of value in this drawer being decluttered and easy to use. And it changes how I view the one or two dollars of replacement value. You see what I'm saying? A hundred percent. I think goes back to also that mental capacity. Yes. Because I feel, I know I feel so much better when there's like clean space and emptiness. I'm not, you know, mm-hmm. and if I get rid of that little thing, that little thing space in my brain is, is cleared up for other stuff to fill it. But yes. Uh, yeah. Well, and, and focusing on that saying, okay, there was a lot of, I have experienced the benefit of the mental energy. I don't have to spend on laundry for six days. So there's probably a parallel there with this clutter that it will be nice to not have to think about this stuff ever again. Yes. Uh, Next question that you want to talk about or situation. Um, So I do have one son and I'm trying to 
So I, this, in my opinion, is very genetic. Um, the clutter thing. I know my mother has clutter issues and, you know, I tell her about you and she's like, Miriam, you'd be, I, you'd be so proud of me. I just cleared out like the closet from when you were a kid. And I'm like, just get rid of it. No, no, but I have, no, no, no. I don't need any textbooks from high school. No, no, no. It's been like 20 years, like I don't, or more. And <laughs> she's like, you'd be so proud of me. So I'm, I'm really, it's funny how, you know, you're, influences now affecting other people, but I have a son who loves clutter. Like he loves, and he's, you know, you see these hoarding shows where they like create a nest and he's 11 and he, you know, he loves a nest. Like he loves having nine pillows in his bed. And when we say no, nine pillows are really way too much because it's just ridiculous. And he's barely on the bed and he's literally like half on and half off the bed because he likes all of his, pillows, you know, he's also the kid. I just went downstairs earlier today into a room that I had, you know, completely cleaned and he was in there for a couple of minutes and he had left like three tissues and the markers out and three things on the floor. And he's that kid. And I kind of said it in the kindred spirits, uh, Facebook group. Uh, (laughs) He's my sprinkler. Like wherever he goes, he leaves things everywhere. He just literally, he carries things from one. He's, he pollinates my, my world with stuff. (laughs) And sometimes it's garbage, like, you know, tissues. And sometimes it's, you know, markers or Rubik's cubes or whatever boys carry, you know, you know. Yeah. So I'm a sprinkler. So I understand, you know, um, of course in the group, we also joked about a lot of people thought you meant boys sprinkling, but anyway, well, we definitely have that also. Yeah. Um, we'll yeah. talk about that another time. Very but, much, that, that makes, um, but they clean their own bathroom, you know, because, you know, okay. Good. Okay. So the reality is I, I'm guessing that he has little awareness of the trail of stuff that he has left. He has zero awareness and he is one more of my sons that will literally be standing on something and not realize okay. that his foot is not even on the ground, which I don't okay. understand. So, so he may need his own five minute pickups because the five minute pickup is the way that I deal with the fact that I leave random stuff in random places. It It is. And it's one of those things for me as an adult, even where it's like, what do I do? Do I get mad at myself again and again and again? Why am I this way? Why did I leave it this way? I can't believe this happened. Or do I take five minutes to put things away? Which one actually achieves something? It's the putting things away for five minutes. And so he might need his own five minute pickups. Hey, the basement was clean or whatever room it was that you just said. Um, but you know, the basement was clean. You've been down there. Come here. Let's do a five minute pickup. We're going to do a five minute pickup in this space. Just you, you know, yes, I know we try to do them as a family, but it's also a way to just combat this. And so it's a, wait, I've got to pick stuff up and put it away. And the other thing that that does for me is I realize the more five minute pickups I do, the more I realize this stuff is ending up in this spot again and again and again, because I'm having to do five minute pickups and focus on the same thing, which then helps me later to, as something is leaving my hand without consciousness, it helps my brain to go, don't put that there. Cause that's just going to be something I have to deal with in a five minute pickup later. Do you right. see what I'm saying? So 
Yeah. So as far as, you know, training, since we're the moms, you know, training that five minute pickup of we're going to do this in your room and also to, to really embrace the container concept, which is the hard part of that as a mom is they're going to keep stuff that we don't think they should keep. Like, you know, it is perfectly fine for you to keep pillows, but they have to all fit along the side that's up against the wall or whatever, you know, like this is, this is how it's going to be, you know, yes, you can totally keep as many pillows as will fit in that space. So put your favorite ones first, you know, like embracing that container concept and saying, even if they choose a pillow that you're embarrassed, you wish that it didn't exist in your home, you know, because it's dirty or whatever, but that container concept of saying, I don't care what you keep, but this is the space that you have to keep it in. And that limit. That's the thing I wish I would have understood sooner in my life. Do you think that would help? Or do you feel like? I I think, well, first of all, he's extremely resistant to cleaning. I mean, and he has his own room, which is good because no one could possibly live in that room with him. (laughs) And I think the container concept is definitely a real thing that, you know, he said for Hanukkah, can we redo my room? And we find like, and he wants like, you know, spaces. And I said, I will buy you anything to organize. We just have to go through and make a list of your categories and make a list of what things, you know, bins we need and things like that. And it's still so hard because it's pretty much all miscellaneous. And I know you said in one of your podcasts recently that the miscellaneous bin is like the worst thing because it just becomes like piles that you can't at all parse out. And it's hard to limit miscellaneous as well. Yes, it is. It's hard to um, limit miscellaneous. And yeah. and that's, I think, a bigger issue. With regards to the five-minute pickup in the home, I wonder, because he is a sprinkler, it would be like a traveling five minutes. You know, it would be like a five... It wouldn't be go spend five minutes in the basement. It would be spend 10 seconds in this room and 10 seconds in that room and, because they're like breadcrumbs that he leaves everywhere. Yeah. So I'm wondering if that five minutes can be a traveling five minutes. I don't know if that makes sense. Well, I think you play with it. I mean, because it's everybody's situation is different. Everybody is different. And so you play with it. Okay, for today, we're going to try this. And then you realize that did not work the way I wanted it to. So the next day you try something else until you figure out what his best way to to use that five minutes is. But yeah, but I think just play with it and give yourself permission to not have it figured out before you try something. Okay. Um, and, and then the thing about the the container concept is to look at the space of his room and say, okay, he's got his bed. He's got his, uh, you know, whatever he puts his clothes in, his dresser. He has a space here for some sort of an organizing, you know, maybe it's a thing with bins or something like that, but that's what he's got. Avoid the toy box because the toy box is just one big miscellaneous, you know, right. but if he has a space for bins, then that's what we put in there. And we go, okay, this is the space that you have in your room. And these are the bins. So if there are, let's say there's five bins in this, you know, thing that you're able to put in his room, because that's the space that you have in his room, then let's say, what is the most important thing that you want to have a bin? Is it your, you know, action figures. Okay. This is going to be your action figure. We're going to fill it with your favorite ones first and whatever doesn't fit, you know, that that's the stuff that has to go. Okay. What is your next favorite thing that needs to have its own bin? 
okay, your Legos. All right, let's fill it with your favorite Legos first. And, you know, so it's, it's kind of using that breakdown of container concept according to this is the space in the room instead of tell me all the things that you love and that you want to keep and let's make categories go ahead and go by space first like this is this is what i could fit in your room and then use that actual concrete thing that he can see to help him make those decisions that's great what do i do with the miscellaneous stuff that well do dads will say right so i, I think the key there is going to be letting the container make those decisions. So as he has sorted out this category, okay, things don't fit, you know, but he's like, well, I have to keep it. You know, my action figures didn't all fit in this thing. So I have to keep it. Okay. Well, we can make another bin action figures as well, but that means you're going to have one less category of things that you can keep. Do you know what I mean? Like, so if there is a, you know, so keep going from your favorite stuff first, category by category, and then whatever's left over, that needs to go because it doesn't have a place. And most likely your miscellaneous stuff is going to be in that. Do you know what I mean? Like when it's all just one big mix, it feels like everything's miscellaneous, but we're going to go ahead and do category by category and use the container concept to make the container the bad guy for each category. Yes. Because I'm always the bad guy when it comes to cleaning his room, you know, he's like, why do I have to do it? And I feel terrible. And I don't want to have that relationship of always telling him you have to clean up, you have to clean up, you have to clean up. And, and I, I like the idea of someone else being the bad guy and an inanimate object is, is a good thing to blame, you know? It it is. And it also lets, when he says, oh, I, I have to keep my such and such, you know, I have to keep my, I, my boys are older now, so I can't even remember, but I have to keep this item. Then your answer gets to be okay, but there's not space for it. So what are you willing to get rid of to keep that? Uh So you don't have to say, no, you can't keep that. You say, absolutely. You can keep it what are you going to get rid of to make room for it? And then that becomes his decision to make those tough calls with the container being the, the boundary. Right. Sounds great. Okay. So have I solved all those problems? Yes. Like a magic wand. You just waved it over my head. <laughs> Perfect now. <laughs> I am so glad. Okay. What was the last thing that you wanted to talk about? Okay. So with my big, large family with growing boys who, you know, we feed them, they grow, then have to buy more clothes that they grow out. It's like this vicious cycle. Right. I know. So we have lots of food in our house and we have, and because of our culture also, we have a lot of kitchen stuff. And when we're talking about, you know, one in one out and just a lot of kitchen stuff and it's hard to maintain it all. And it's hard to deal with the constant in and out of food. And I have this, you know, like, I don't want to throw away the food because I mean, we're not eating it, but, but it was money and it feels wasteful. Exactly. And, you know, we, there are like food pantries, but they're not so easily accessible and they have certain hours and you can't leave the food outside, you know? So I have, we have in our town actually like a, a neighborhood pantry. So if you post food that you don't um, want, people will sometimes pick it up. But, you know, it goes back to when I, I'm a big recycler and a big donator and, or I'd like, I would like to be. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but there, it also goes back to, as you've said in the past, like, what can you do? All you have to do is get it out of your house and like trying not to have that guilt of, but you know, like we have two pineapples on the counter. So, because we were given them and my husband didn't like the pineapple and no one eats pineapple because we've been getting a lot. No one likes pineapple. So what do I do with this pineapple? I can't throw away a pineapple. And I cut one up. No one likes it. I, this is crazy about pineapple. I mean, thinking about it, but it's again, since it's sitting on the counter, it's taking up that mental and visual space of if I didn't have that pineapple on my counter, it would be cleaner, you know? Okay. Um, so it's a lot of food guilt. A lot of, of food. Yes. Okay. And you said that you do have a group online that you can donate stuff. Yeah. Right. Okay. I would start taken advantage of that group? Like to what degree have you taken advantage of it before? Okay. So not enough. (laughs) We'll go with not enough. I have, you know, given some things away, but there's also that, you know, you have to follow through and you have to, they have to pick it up and then you have to respond to them and tell them your address. And then, you know, it's not just leaving something outside. There's a lot of other stuff that goes along with it. And also because of that guilt, I think it's part of, and I have to get beyond that because I would rather someone else eat the food than just sit in my pantry or not pantry cabinet. Um, Well, the reality is that the longer it sits in there, then it's going to expire and then nobody can use it. And so then that's real waste uh, because it can't be donated once it's expired. And so I think treating this as a decluttering project saying, okay, I'm going to do a big purge of, you know, like buying the lots of food, but then there's certain things that I've realized people aren't going to eat. Um, you know, taking that as a big, this is what I'm doing today where ideally, especially because you have the recycling mindset, it's like, well, this should be something I just do all the time. Right. Right. Like this, this needs to be an ongoing thing that I just do regularly. But the reality is you haven't been, right? Okay, right. so instead, I'm going to treat this as a big project. I wish it wasn't, but I'm going to treat it as a big project. Because the other thing too is to remember there is value in the frustration that you're going to feel as you get rid of some things that you are irritated with yourself over having gotten, had to get rid of, right? Because you're going to find things that were expired and you're going to be really mad at yourself. And that's frustrating, but it also is going to change your future shopping habits, which is ultimately going to mean that this doesn't happen as much, right? It's going to mean that, you know, as you have to either put a pineapple on that group and go through the hassle of going back and forth over a pineapple, you know, and you feel this irritation over seriously, all this hassle over a pineapple. It means that the next time somebody offers you a pineapple, you're going to say, oh, you know what? Probably can't because you're going to remember the hassle that you went through or the guilt that you felt when you threw away a pineapple that it's frustrating to throw away a pineapple, right? Either because it gets too old or you have to admit that you're never going to actually do it. You know, all these feelings that are frustrating ultimately are going to help you down the line. Like you were saying with your mom, wanting to give you your stuff from high school and you have changed to a point where you're like, I don't want that stuff. So it's going to change how you shop, whether it's at Costco or wherever, bringing huge amounts of stuff home. You're like, you know what? I mean, it's like me, my husband makes fun of me because, um, and I'm sure I've told this story, but about seaweed, like I decided I wanted to try seaweed 
and I bought it at Costco. He was like, it's fine if you want to try seaweed, but why would you buy the Costco pack of seaweed? (laughs) Because he's like, why don't you buy a small pack next time if you want to try something new instead of that? And I'm like, well, but it was right in front of my face at Costco. And I was like, you know what? I bet I'm really going to like this anyway, which I actually did. But it's just a joke that we have about the seaweed. So it's that changing your future shopping habits and knowing what goes to waste and what doesn't. But as long as you are so frustrated over it, sometimes it's easier to just not look so that you don't have to acknowledge what you've wasted Meanwhile, it's actually being wasted because now it gets to the point where it's expired and can't be donated. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. Well, and you talked, one of your things too, and I do want to talk about this is extra dishes. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Okay. So tell me about that. Okay. So I am an Orthodox Jew and with that comes a lot of laws and you know, there's something called being kosher. And so for those of you who don't know, I mean, it goes back to original, the Old Testament, the Bible, the Torah, whatever. And we don't mix milk and meat and we don't eat certain seafoods and things like that. But what that, what it looks like in a home is I literally have two sets of everything. So in a normal kitchen, I have two sets of flatware and I have two sets of dishes and I have two sets of pots and two sets of, you know, serving spoons and two sets of, everything. And then if you want to make it even crazier during Passover, I have an additional set of everything in a kitchen, like literally everything, even a mixer and a food processor in my basement. Oh, and then to make things even more exciting. And this really impacts on our entire lives. Like we have our Sabbath, Friday and Saturday, where I have an additional set of dishes and flatware (laughs) and glasses because that's our fancy set. So all, a lot of people have their fancy set that they like bring out for Christmas or Thanksgiving. So we use it every week. Okay. And that also impacts on, we'll say clothes. So some people use only fancy clothes for, you know, Christmas or pictures or whatever. And we use that every single week. So we have additional clothing. We have additional shoes. We have additional sets of dishes and pots and pans and silverware. And and it's overwhelming because it's just a lot. So in a kitchen where normally you'd have one set of pots and one set of dishes, and we have two. And then I have the additional set in the dining room that we use every week. And we just, and then food. We are also, there guidelines for storage as well? Um, well, they have to things? be, set. they are separated, you know, in different cabinets. So that kind of like cuts down on what I can use my kitchen for, you know, whereas so normal people or not normal, not people with um, two sets of everything would have, you know, that many more cabinets in the kitchen or space in the, you know, in the drawers in their kitchen to use for other things. I have extra sets of everything and I should be able to declutter. You know, I was literally looking at um, yesterday. I have these like white Crocs, like, you know, like that I never use. And I literally take them down to get the other pans out and then put them back up like every other day. And I'm like, looking at that, why do I, you, I remember you talking about your um, frying pans, was it? Like, a, mm-hmm. and I was like, I don't even use these, but I'm going to put them back anyway. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I've had them since, for 15 years since I got married and I still just put them back and I don't use them because they're heavy and they're not the right size. And yeah, but we have a lot of everything. Okay. 
that is a unique, <laughs> legit challenge for sure. <laughs> but yeah, but it's, it goes back to the container concept. You know, I mean, like this is your reality. So you've got stuff in the basement for special for Passover. Okay. You've got stuff for the weekends, uh, which is what, uh, for Sabbath, Friday and Saturday, right? right. Mm-hmm. You've got stuff for milk products and stuff for meat products. Okay. Yeah. So it, I mean, I don't want to oversimplify, but I think sometimes in situations where that is legitimately complicated, like acknowledge that it's complicated and say, this is a real challenge, but still the size of your kitchen is the size of your kitchen, you know, and, and even though it's frustrating sometimes when you think, oh my goodness, I have to deal with this challenge. The challenges that you have are the challenges that you have. You know, I mean, like the people in your family are the people in your family. And so it comes down to, like you just said, these things that you don't need, go ahead and give yourself permission to say, if I will get rid of things that is really duh clutter, because Mm -hmm. I know for a fact, I don't want these crocs. So give yourself permission to go through the cabinet that has the stuff for milk products and say, what in here can I get rid of simply to make this cabinet easier to deal with? And then go through the meat products cabinet and say, okay, what can I get rid of in this space just to make life easier? You know, so using that and then going through each and saying, okay, this is my Passover, you know, storage stuff. This is the space that I have to Mm -hmm. store Passover things, you know, things that we need. And I'm going to declutter down to that. I mean, it's, I know like it's a legitimate challenge and I don't want to act like, oh, it's no big deal. It's a huge deal. But at the same time, if those things have to be separated, well, then that's a great example of container, right? Like this is the space I have for this. This is the space I have for that. And so I'm going to purge, purge, purge down to what will fit in this space that I have available for this. You are absolutely right. And it's, you know, it's mostly resistance. And I'm now I'm hearing myself say that about myself and my child. So I should be a little more, (laughs) you know, um, I should be a little more thoughtful when it comes to his resistance, but you know, I could definitely get rid of a lot of stuff. I, it's hard, you know, may, you know, I could use this, but I feel so much better when it's emptier, when it's cleaner. And then of course we have so much flatware because we lose it. You know, I don't know where spoons go, honestly, cereal (laughs) spoons. I don't, we would like get like another set of flat, like instead of getting like a set of like six or 12, we get 24 or 18, whatever it is, because we lose the spoons. I don't, we're, we're down to like six spoons. I, I, I don't even understand where they go. I think so. it's, I, I think that happens extra in families with boys. I'm just saying, I could be wrong and families with all girls, you feel free to tell us that it happens in your families too, but I agree. Like, I don't even know what happens. The spoons. I don't know where the spoons go. I yeah. really, but then it's like, okay, I have all the, like the butter knives that like we never use. I mean, how often do you, anyway, and we have like 18 of them. So and I feel like I, someone else said this in something else, you know, I don't want to break up the, the pay, like the set, but I kind of already have broken it up with all the missing spoons. So maybe I should just get rid of 12 of those butter knives or something. I don't know. Yeah. I know it's a lot easier to say than to do, I think. 
Well, I, and I think that's where you give yourself permission to do the easy stuff first, to, to just, to go ahead and get rid of those crocs. Yeah. That's what you said. Like white crocs. Get rid of the Which white crocs. I keep thinking like croc shoes and I guarantee um, that's not. <laughs> no, like, uh, what yeah. I, like, no, I know what you mean. Like a little for custards or things like that. Something. No, they're like, you know, like casserole dishes with like the glass top or the, me- oh, the yes. glass top. And I don't know. I don't really use them. I mean, I use, we honestly, they're small and we have big eaters in our house and, yeah. you know, so they're not so, they're not big enough to make a meal. So I kind of don't use them. Well, and I think it's that give yourself permission to go get rid of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Those things that you already know for sure. I don't need that stuff. Get rid of that and experience the reality that now that cabinet they were in is either available for something else that was shoved in too tightly somewhere else, or it's just easier to get to the other things in that cabinet because those things are gone now. And as you experience that, because even though you didn't do a huge decluttering overhaul, you went ahead and got rid of the stuff that you knew for sure needed to go. Like, duh, I don't know why I've kept this. I'm getting rid of the butter knives. I'm getting rid of those things. And as I do that, Then I start to realize, oh, I've got room for my spoons. Oh, I've got room for the other things. Oh, I'm able to use this well. And then it starts to sink in. Oh, my life is easier because I got rid of those things. And then it makes you start to view other things in either that cabinet or other cabinets differently. I feel like I need to be ruthless, like, and not, not think about, you know, and I could honestly buy another Croc, and if I, you know, fifteen a fifteen year old croc that was probably purchased for twenty bucks. I don't know. I have no idea that you know is that space worth it? Is that shuffling of pans every time I need the pan that I actually use in that cabinet worth it? Probably not. And I have to just be ruthless and put it in a box and just like, yeah, either donate it or offer it for free on some sort of a Facebook group. You know, pick it up, whatever. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I hope this has been helpful for you. Um, Good. What do you love about being a kindred spirit? So I think we all say that the kindred spirits Facebook group is amazing. And, you know, it's so supportive and people frequently say it's because it's the nicest place on the internet, which is totally true. But I think it goes beyond that kindness. I think, you know, when you have these interviews, you talk about what is uniquely your issue? What is unique to us? What is different about us? And we all are unique, but I think that that Facebook group unites us in our similarities. And like, what are all the things that we together need to deal with? Because we are all struggling with the same things, you know, finding order or creating order in this chaos that is 2020, that is our lives with family and homes with clutter. And, you know, I think that's something that unites us. And I guess finding the similarities instead of the differences, I think is what kindred spirits is all about. I love it. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about that we haven't talked about today? Oh, I could talk all day, all year, all week, you know, like, but no, thank you. You're amazing. And it was wonderful to meet you face to face and to have this special time. I really appreciate it. Well, it's, I'm, I'm very appreciative for you being willing to share yourself with other people. I mean, I know for me, that's something you would have, I would have never thought I would be willing to do, you know? So I, I don't take it lightly when people are willing to talk about their unique situations. So thank you for that.
Okay. Did you guys enjoy that session with Miriam? Um, I hope that you were able to take something from that, that you can then apply to your unique challenges, to your unique situation. Don't forget, if you'd like to find out more about being a patron of the show, you can go to patreon.com slash a slob comes clean. Okay. I will talk to you guys next week. Bye.